Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. But guess what? You're not alone. You may not know it now, but support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help find you a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com to explore the possibilities. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including... CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. vast world exists between and within our own reality. The frequencies that we can realize with our five senses are but a tiny part of all that is real. Welcome to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, coming to you from Evansville, Indiana. Our ability to communicate has normally been what we have always thought of as the distinction between us and the animals. Some people don't even rely on the spoken word as much as the subtle differences uh, differences between people when speaking. Body language, inflection and tone. People can get a whole lot more from communicating by taking in all the cues when we're communicating. Animals also communicate with each other by different sounds and, and body language and other things that they do to communicate different needs and desires and things between themselves. But what happens when humans can actually communicate with animals? Our special guest today is Gina Billings. Gina Billings is a animal communicator, and she began her spiritual adventure among the animals at the young age of two with the realization that she could see the world from her animal friend's perspectives. She believes animal communication is a sacred trust an energetic link established between human and animal. And so much more, it's communion, a heart-to-heart conversation between souls. Communicating with your animal friend creates a deep bond, enhancing your relationship and fostering interspecies understanding. Whether helping to find a lost pet or speaking to an animal that has transitioned, She is always guided by her deep love and respect for the animals she serves. Gina serves an international clientele and may be reached through her website at www.shamansspirit.net. Gina, welcome to the World Beyond Radio Show. We are really excited to have you with us today. Thanks, Joe. It's good to be talking with you. Well, the pleasure is all on this side of the mic, I can tell you that. So... 
you started doing this at the age of two. How did the revelation, the revelation that you could do this come to you? What was it that triggered that you were able to do this? Well, the first memory that I have <clears throat> is our family dog. <clears throat> we had a family dog named Tippy, and oh my gosh, I loved her so much. She followed us everywhere, all of us kids. <clears throat> and one day, a stray dog kind of came trotting down our sidewalk, and he took one look at Tippy, and I'm telling you, even though I was only two, I knew that he loved her. <clears throat> and so they were always together, Joe. I mean, anytime Tippy was out of our house, Spot, we named him Spot, was right there with her. And then this went on for a few years, and Tippy, of course, was very, very old, and she happened to pass away. She died. And two weeks later, Spot died as well. He had never eaten. He had never drank any food. He had never moved off his bed from the day that she had died. And I can remember sitting with him and petting him. And the day that he died, I knew that he died because he was brokenhearted. And to me, that just opened up everything it made clear everything that I already knew in my heart, that animals love, you know, they feel sorrow, they feel joy, and they are not just creatures with no feelings. So many times that uh, we have a pet that's just doing something that we would think is absolutely crazy or they're doing something that's so annoying and sometimes we wish you know what are you thinking that you're doing this over and over and over again after you know we've we've either prevented you from doing it or we can't understand that behavior are you able to get into those kinds of behavioral things and figure out why animals are doing some of the things that drive us crazy i am um it's really interesting because animals have such a different perspective on the world around them and so the things that they do that drive us crazy seem perfectly normal to them, and they wonder why we're so upset. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so how many, how many years have you been doing this professionally then? Um, professionally, about 10 years. I was, I've, as a, I've been doing it all my life, and it's interesting because, oh gosh, about 20 years ago, Somebody said to me, so you're communicating telepathically. And I said, oh, no, no, I don't do that. You know, I'm not telepathic. I don't do things like that. <laughs> but I slowly began to realize, you know what, I guess kind of that is what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I look at it more as I'm tuning in with my vibration to the animal's vibration. It's kind of like for me tuning into a radio station. Well, we're going to get back to more of that in just a few seconds. We're going to be uh, returning with Gina Billings in just a few moments. Please stay tuned to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Weijin. Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Oh. 
Gibbs A. Williams, PhD, is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. This is Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My Dialogue with Divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called RISE, May 8th through the 12th, 2017, and the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony a greater sense of clarity. Our RISE retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Weijin. Our special guest today is Gina Billings, an animal communicator who has been performing communications with our furry friends for 10 years now. When we left off before the break, Gina, we uh, touched on the fact that you're speaking uh, telepathically to our friends. Is this something that you have to enter into a, a trance state or to try to, uh, to reach some altered uh, consciousness in order to do this? Or does it just come naturally? How does this work for you? Well, the interesting thing is that I know that we're all born with disability. Mm. Um, it, thousands of years ago, we had to be in tune with nature, the natural world, the animals to survive. And gradually, you know, as the years passed and we became more, quote-unquote, civilized, um, we've kind of lost that ability. We've lost that natural closeness with the animals um, and plus you know now these days we have cell phones and computers and and our mind is going 24 7 so what I find helps me personally is just to sit down and quiet my mind I do a, a lot of meditation um, I kind of look at it as scrubbing the rust off my intuition <laughs> um, yeah my intuition and sometimes if you don't keep that up, then it just kind of, you know, 
goes to the back burner as you focus on other things. <clears throat> but when you dust that, that intuition off, right there is your clear channel to communicating. And it's not, it's not for me a trance or anything like that. It's just I just sit down, I look at an animal or a picture of an animal, I think about the animal, <clears throat> and I just tune in. And I introduce myself and ask if they would like to talk, and I either get a yes or a no. <laughs> what would prompt them to say no? Um, typically, it would be if, for example, there was an issue in the home, and oftentimes I will get a call, and, and the pet parent will say to me, we're having this problem, and I need you to talk to this animal and fix it. <laughs> and the animal will say, whoa, wait a minute, no. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Now, is, so, is your ability to do this limited to just the furry animals, or are you able to do this with, like, birds and, and uh, reptiles and, and other things? Oh, I've talked to everything from snakes to parakeets to cockatiels to guinea pigs to mules to camels. Outstanding. So, yes. So, no, I'm not limited. I've, in fact, I've had conversations with ants in my home to tell them to move out. So, <laughs> Now, I have that same conversation with spiders sometimes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're fine where you are. Just don't come over here where I am. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You have the whole outdoors. You just need to go out there and live. Exactly. Yeah, you can you can stay up there on the ceiling in the shower, but just uh, try not to drop down. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, you're communicating, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I communicate with other things in other different ways. I have communicated uh, with with animal uh, totems and uh, power animals and things like that uh, during uh, you know sacred fires and other things like that. But I've I've not ever uh, practiced doing it with uh, with uh, living animals. So. What kinds of things do you learn uh, when talking uh, to our friends and pets? Well, there are many things. You can learn why they're doing a behavior that they're doing. You can learn how they're feeling about situations that may be happening in their family. Um, you can learn if, for example, a lot of animals work with healing. So you can learn, you know, if an animal is working with healing, if they want to learn more about healing. Um, it's just actually it's kind of unlimited. I always say that animals are sentient beings, and even though they don't think as humans think, they still have their own thoughts and feelings um, about the world around them. Mm-hmm. So, um, actually, it's it's unlimited what they can talk about. Um, I've had I've had a little rabbit that thought that her human family were actually her servants because they saw to her every need. Then she she was so happy because she didn't have to ask for anything because it just appeared when she thought of it. It just appeared in front of her, so she thought of her humans as her servants. You know, catering to her every wish. She must have been part cat. <laughs> Serve me, human. Happy, she was just a happy little rabbit. I know that. <laughs> now, do you uh, connect with humans in the same way? Are you able to, to uh, speak with humans with the same uh, clarity? You know, I say no. But every time I say no, then a human shows up. Uh. Typically, they will show up in conjunction with an animal, like when I'm talking with an animal, um, sometimes a human will show up because they want to get a message through as well. So it's not something that I do on a regular basis, but it has happened, yes. You're, you're talking about uh, transitioned humans? Yes, I Pe am. People yes. on the other side, they've, they've come through with the animals? Yes. That's fascinating. I've never seen that. I've never seen that connection or heard of that happening before. That's actually pretty fascinating. How often does that happen on, on the average? Gosh, you know, I can't even say even on an average. Um, what I what I can tell you is 
some examples are that I was talking with an animal once, and he was showing me this person. And so I described the person, and the animal said, well, this, this person that has passed away helped bring me to my present owner, to my present family. And as I described the person, the pet's mom said, oh, my gosh, that's my grandpa. Mm. So her, her deceased grandfather had helped bring this dog into her life to help her with her grief. How about that? Yeah, so it's just kind of things like that that happen. So what is your process, uh, the the things that you go through when a client calls up and they they want your services? How do you go through your process? Okay, well, we schedule an appointment, and then the client will email me a photo of their animal, whatever it may happen to be. Um, and about 10 or 15 minutes before the session, I'll sit down and I'll connect with the animal. I'll introduce myself and tell it why, you know, we're having a conversation and that its, it's family is going to join us in a little bit on the phone. And we just have a three-way conversation. And I always, I always find it helps to introduce myself first so that the animal, you know, is aware of what's going on and it's not just kind of a total surprise when, when we start the conversation. So you don't have to actually be with the animal uh, person to person or, you know, soul to soul, actually. You, you can do this by distance over the phone or over uh, like a Skype phone call or something. Yes, yes. I have clients from Australia to England to, to Canada to Central America and all across the United States. So, yes, it's, I, I do almost all of my consultations by phone, yes. Outstanding. I had no idea that you were doing that. That's, uh, that's, that's fascinating. So how long does it take you to, you said it was about 15 minutes for you to like get into the, you know, the, the frame of mind where you're actually able to communicate? Yes. I, well, my process is I just sit down, I do some deep breathing, you know, I clear my mind, I look at the picture of the animal and focus on its name. And then I just start, you know, like I said, I introduce myself and then Sometimes the animal says, well, why, why are we doing this? Is something wrong? You know, is, is there something going on that I need to know about? You know, so, so it, just kind of, it just kind of helps us all kind of get in the groove, so to speak. Have you ever found out that some of the animals um, actually refer to themselves in a name different from what their owners have given them? Yes. This, yes. In fact, the little rabbit, yes, she actually wanted a different name. She thought of herself as a different name. Um, I've had animals that when I'm talking with the person and I say the animal's name, I hear a different name in my head. So I'll ask the person, I said, well, does this name mean anything to you? Oh, yes, I call them that sometimes. So, you know, the animals aren't aren't really uh, bound to one name. So, yes, they, they, do, they do have different names for themselves sometimes. Um, I have had animals, especially the ones that are rescued. Um, sometimes people want to know what their name was in their life before they were rescued, and the animal will say it doesn't matter hmm. because you gave me my name with love, and so that's my name now. Nothing else has ever mattered. So it's just it's just interesting the the way that they see things sometimes. How about that? So, on the average, would you say that um, our pets and our fur- furry friends are smarter than we give them credit for? Or are they still just about the same level of intelligence that we uh, we attribute to them? I don't know that I would call it smarter. I would say that they have a deeper understanding of the way the world works. Hmm. Um, Because to them, they don't understand. Uh, For example, a dog. The most unnatural thing for a dog is to, if it has a whole big house to roam in, is to go outside and use the bathroom when it's raining. (laughs) I can believe that. 
Yes, it makes no sense to them. But it's wet out there. Why why do you want me to do that? The cat uses the bathroom over there in that little box. You know, why why do I have to go outside in the rain? So it's it's things like that. They don't get the human mindset because animals animals cut through the well, I'm just gonna say they just cut through the crap and they look at life so simply and they're so in the moment. And sometimes they just don't understand us humans and the way that we think. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) I had a dog that just absolutely hated to go outside when it was raining like that. Almost, you know, practically had to pick her up and carry her out there to do that. And never even thought that, well, you know, up until just a few hundred years ago, all you animals lived out here. Why was, why is it different now? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's and so sometimes it helps to explain. Well, you know, um, making a mess like that in the house, it's it smells really bad, and it's it can be unhealthy. And so that's why you need to go outside. And still, sometimes they will still say to me, "But the cat goes in that box over there." <laughs> yeah, if only we could yes. train a dog to do the same thing, though. Sometimes no, you, you can. Uh, they don't get the sense of that either, but 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 it can be done. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. Well, we're going to uh, take a break here for just a moment and come back and talk a lot more about uh, uh, talking with animals and uh, perhaps connecting with power animals and spirit animals. You're listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. I am your host, Joe Wegent. Our special guest, Gina Billings, can be reached on her website, shamansspirit.net, and she can be contacted through her email at j-a-n-n-a-r-b at aol.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back in just a second, and you're listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365 Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. 
From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your guest, Joe Wegent, and our special, or I'm your host, Joe Wegent, and our special guest today is Gina Billings, who is an animal communicator. And we've been uh, having an amazing discussion on communicating with our animal friends and how they think differently from we do, and how sometimes those uh, different ways of looking at the world can cause a, uh, a rift of communication between us. On to a a, a different topic, Gina. You know, when I'm doing Reiki sessions with people, I will oftentimes get images of animals and uh, I will see animals doing things within the session. And um, I've, I've got a, a few, you know, books on animal spirits and what those animal spirits mean. And usually whenever uh, we communicate after the session is over, those uh, power animals or spirit animals will have a specific meaning or a lesson to teach or some kind of a, what the Native Americans called a medicine, a uh, a lesson or some kind of a thing that they wish to impart for us. And it's almost always applicable to the situation at hand for that person at that time. Do you also uh, communicate with power animals and spirit animals and, and how how does that work? I do, and I will say, Joe, that you are one of the few people that I know of that also works with power or spirit animals in a Reiki session. Um, it's, it, that is so powerful for the client when that animal comes through. I have been doing power animal retrievals for, oh gosh, probably about 20 years now, and I kind of stumbled into that. It's not something I ever looked to do, but it just evolved naturally through some studies that I was um, going with. It was interesting because I got a power animal, and I thought, well, gosh, you know what? I'm going to see if I can do one for my friend here. So with her permission, I did, and she said it was so amazingly accurate. So then I kind of, I got more into it. I studied more about it. And like you, when I do a Reiki session, an animal almost always comes through with a message. It is the most amazing thing. It is, it is so, it can be like life-changing for people, that message. Um, but yes, I, I, I work with power animals, totem animals, sometimes they're called. Um, and it was interesting because when I first started out, I had, as I said, I, I worked with my friend, and the animal that came through was more of a mythological creature, so I kind of poo-pooed that, and I said, oh, you know, that's not right. But I went ahead, I gave her the message, and she said, oh, my gosh, that's, that's exactly right. I already knew what my power animal was. I just wanted to see if you could get it. I was like, well, okay, then. Um and it's so interesting because it used to, back in the day, I would tape record on a little cassette tape and then send those off to people. Uh, I'd do my 
retrievals that way. But um, one, at one point, I, I had gotten a message, and I thought, oh, I can't say this to this person. Uh, this is not, you know, it, it was kind of, it was kind of force, forceful. It was in forceful words, and I thought, I can't say that to that person. So I stopped the tape, and I kind of reworded it, and I started the tape, and I finished my, my session. I sent the tape off, and she came back, and she said, well, it got to this one point, and then the tape was blank from then on. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm not going to change the words anymore. I'm just going to give exactly what I get. So... I have experienced the same whenever I've had departed people come into the room and they've wanted to pass on a message. And I thought, no, that, that could be, you know, that could be really, really, um, sad or sorrowful for people. And yeah, it, it, it comes back to get you. Yes. That was my big wake up call. It's like, okay, I'm only saying exactly what I get from now on and ever. Now, have you noticed whenever you're doing work, uh, Reiki sessions with people and you get power animals come into the session, that when people work through that issue that the animal came to help them with, that sometimes another animal will come in in order to help them through another uh, uh, crisis or another issue that they're having from that point? It, it has been my, my understanding and my experience that everyone is born with, you know, a power animal or two or three that stays with them throughout their entire life. There are several, you know, through through life instances or circumstances or situations, different animals will come in to help through that particular instance, and then they'll leave and another one will come. Yes, you're absolutely right on that. I, I've... I've had that happen a number of times. Uh, I'll have one client that over the course of a year of working with them, they might have three different animals come through. And each animal, you know, when you look it up in the books and see what that animal is and what it imparts and what medicine it brings to the situation, we'll find almost inevitably that when one particular issue has been worked through, another issue will arise and another animal will come through in order to help with that issue. So it's, it's very fascinating stuff. It, it is. It's, um, you know, to me, it's just almost magical when, yes. when it happens. Now, do you do any kind of shamanic work where you travel, you know, into other, um, um, planes of consciousness or other realms in order to do work for clients? Do you have animals that help you in that realm? Do you do that kind of work? Yes. Yes. Um, I have studied, like I said, for 20 years or more um, and walked the shamanic path. Um, I don't think of myself as a tree hugger, but I kind of am. I, you know, I communicate with I communicate with trees and rocks and crystals as well as animals. So mm-hmm. it's just it's it's just the world that I live in that I surround myself with. I also do the same thing with crystals. I'll pick them up and I can tell what kind of person they are, which is yes. you know bizarre people will hand me things what do you see in this well i see an old indian person what do you see here i I see a very young girl you know so so now here's here's another thing there are a number of um religious beliefs around the world which uh discuss reincarnation and i am i'm for one a proponent of reincarnation i believe in the past lives because i've read past lives for people before now some people joke about, oh, well, you know, when I come back next time, I'm going to be a, a, a spider because I killed so many spiders in my lifetime. And some religious beliefs, you know, adhere to the idea that if you don't learn your lessons as a human, you have to come back as a what they call a lower being or an animal of some kind in order to learn those lessons before you can then ascend up to humanity again. Do we do you believe in reincarnation? And if you do, do you believe that humans can come back as animals? Oh, I absolutely believe in reincarnation. I've seen it too many times. And actually, on my website, there is an audio of me talking about my parakeets, who gave the most fantastic lesson and and explained how humans... Because what I hear most often is that well, humans are such a high vibration. Why would they want to lower themselves to come back as an animal? I don't see that. 
I don't see that at all. And what my parakeet said, which made perfect sense to me, you know, I was talking earlier about vibration, and what my parakeets told me was that everything has its vibration and that if a person needs to come back and learn a lesson that can only be learned from an animal perspective, then they will they will vibrate at that frequency so that they can inhabit that body, the animal body or the mosquito body or whatever whatever body that they need to be in to learn the lesson that that they choose to come back and experience. And the interesting thing is the parakeets didn't talk about higher and lower vibration. They talked about fast vibration and slow vibration. So they did not see it as a ladder of going from, you know, low to high. They saw it as just faster, slower vibrations, which made perfect sense to me. But like I said, the video or the audio is on my website, and it's, you can listen to that at any time. Um, those par- parakeets were pretty smart little birds, I'll tell you. <laughs> when, I, when I sat down and thought about it, I was like, you know what? You guys are absolutely right with your talk of vibration. And, but yes, oh, absolutely. Um, I have a dog laying here next to me right now that is reincarnated. And fascinating. You know, the, yeah, the way he came back to us is fascinating. It's just... It's just um, so he was a that, human in his most previous past life, then. No, he was he was a dog. He okay. Was a dog, but he, you know, he told us. He said, "I'm coming right back," and I'll be darned. He came right back, and the signs were all there. Um, we had actually, before he passed, we had talked about what signs he could give us, and they just all came true. I mean, it was amazing. He was back seven days after he transitioned. Um, I did have a dog one time that had been a human in a previous lifetime, and I asked her, um, I said, you know, why, why did you come back as a dog when you've, already, when you've been a human? Because this was many, many years ago, and I was trying to wrap my head around the same as, as you know, other people. If you were a human, why would you want to come back as an animal? And she said, because you needed me to be an animal so that you could hear what I was saying, you wouldn't accept this from a human, but you would from an animal. And she was absolutely right. How about that? I mean, how many of us, you know, we love our animals unconditionally. So how many of us can, humans, can we say that about? That, you know, this person in my life, no matter what I do, no matter what I look like, no matter what I say, no matter how I feel, they're going to love me unconditionally to the end of their life. I mean, you know, it's, it's a rare thing with humans, but animals, they just love us unconditionally. They don't care. They don't care if we live in a car or in a tent or in a mansion. They don't care if, you know, we have a bad hair day or they just, they just don't care because they just want to be with us and love us and they want us to be happy. So, Isn't that something? So yes, in answer to your question, yes, I had a dog that came back. Um, she was a human. She came back as a dog because she said, I would not accept the lessons that I needed to learn from a human. And she was absolutely right. So. Isn't it funny that they know that because so many of us would love our dogs more unconditionally than sometimes we would love other people. And we would hate to see harm come to an animal more so than oftentimes we would hate to see harm come to another person. And so we would therefore pay more attention to when a dog speaks than when another person speaks. We would almost take that more seriously, wouldn't we? Yes. Yes, well, because, you know, humans have their filters. We have our filters of our past life experiences. So, but an animal doesn't have a filter. They just tell it like they see it. And so I always think, you know, an animal, when I talk to an animal, it's just pure. I am getting exactly what they're feeling. They are not trying to 
typically they're not trying to hide anything from me. They're not trying to um, make a situation seem like something it's not. They just... Well, we're going to come right back to that in just a second. We're going to be away for just a few minutes, folks. You are listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wiegent. Stick around, and we're going to talk to Gina Billings, the animal communicator. We'll be right back. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune into Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life is no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent. Our special guest today is Gina Billings 
an animal communicator who is able to communicate with our friends, whether they be feathery or furry. You can always reach her at her website, shamansspirit.net, or you can contact her by email, Gina RB, that's J E A N N A R B at AOL.com. Gina, you touched on something right before the break that I was going to ask you specifically about, and that is the honesty of animals. Have they ever been deceptive or have they ever tried to hide from the truth? Um, the only the only time I have ever seen that happen is when they are concerned for their family person. Um, they never want their person to be hurt. They always want their family to feel good. So, for example, if they would be sick, they may not want their family to know. Mm. So rather than, rather than trying to hide it, they just won't talk about it. And, and they'll, they'll be clear, that is not something that I want to discuss at this time. So um, as far as lying, I don't think that that is in an animal vocabulary. I've never had one do that to me. Um, I have had them say things as they see them, which is diametrically opposed to how their human sees, sees the situation. But again, that's, that's how animals look at, look at the world. So they are sometimes painfully honest. That's, uh, that's pretty welcome since, you know, we as humans lie to each other so often, even if it's little white lies to protect each other. It's, 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 it's got to be welcoming to be able to talk to somebody who's not going to give you any runaround. No, no. They, they are fairly direct, I will say. Now, you can talk to animals uh, while they're here with us, and you're able to talk to them after they have transitioned. Have you ever... Uh, maintain communication with them as they're transitioning? Um, there have been a few that I have actually gone with their family to the vet's office, yes, and, and walk through the process. Um, and a lot of times what I will do is, and this is the interesting thing, Joe, animals do not see death the same way that humans do. So often the animals will, they'll tell me, oh, one of several things. They'll say, well, you know what? It's just like opening a door and walking through. It's just a different life. Or I go to sleep with one fur coat on and I wake up with a different fur coat on. So they don't look at it as traumatic. What makes it traumatic for them is when we're so upset. And they just want us to understand that that it's okay and that they're okay. Um they do not see being euthanized as anything other than us helping them to let go and helping them, as, as one said to me once, you know, it's the last best gift. So when they transition, actually for me, it's a lot easier to talk to an animal that has uh, passed away than it is for an animal that's still here in physical form because the animal that's transitioned is like right there and ready to talk and they're they're not distracted by having to go to the bathroom or the fact that there's a squirrel outside the door or they're hungry or or <laughs> any of the other thousands of distractions that there are in the world. The animals that have transitioned are like front and center. You know what? I have this to say and I'm gonna say it right now. So have you ever talked to animals or have they ever expressed to you how they feel about their uh, domesticated lives as opposed to the lives they've had where they have been more wild? You know, we feed them this uh, manufactured food and we keep them in uh, climate controlled housing and, you know, we, we, we pamper them for the most part. But, you know, animals you know, I've always thought we're, we're born to be wild. They were born to hunt and, and to uh, find their own food and things like that. With us taking that away from them, how, have they ever expressed, you know, their feelings about that to you? No, the interesting thing is, if, is that they don't really go back to those wild lifetimes. I mean, 
animals have past lives, just as humans do, but but they don't really think about that. They just think about right now and what their life is right now. And what I will say is, is they are really good. You know, everybody has heard the story of the dog that will absolutely not stay home. He's out roaming or the cat that won't stay in the house because they're out hunting. And that is them um, living that that streak of wildness that remains in them. It's it's those animals that people, you know, throw their hands up in the air and it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't, you know, I don't know what to do. They're an escape artist. I can't keep them home. It's just the animal living their life. And and it's that it's that wild part of them that doesn't want to be domesticated because, you know, not all of them want to live in the house and, and be fed off of a, you know, out of a little bowl and, some of them prefer to be outside, and that's a hard thing for humans because, you know, we just want to protect them. We just want to protect them and keep them safe. And they absolutely, some of them do not see that the same way. You know, for them, it's, well, well, this is the life that I choose to lead. This is the life that I came back to experience. Why are you trying to stop me from doing that? <laughs> So that's one of those, you know, one of those cases where you have to try to find a happy medium between the animal and the person. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> so what reasons have animals given you as to why they are either so aggressive or why they tend to bite people more often than other uh, animals of the same uh, style or breed? Why Why do some animals just tend to to be so... Uh, aggressive you know there for as every aggressive animal there is probably another reason why sometimes it is they came into this life to experience that you know that sensation that feeling sometimes um, it's life experience that has taught them that they need to protect themselves Sometimes it is fear that, you know, oh, my gosh, if I, in certain situations, you know, um, it, it can be the most interesting I've probably ever run across is that animals come here to learn a lesson. They either learn less, they learn lessons and they teach lessons. And when they feel like that they have learned what they came to learn, they will leave they'll leave their body and i've talked to several dogs especially that they have just become aggressive why and i'll ask them why did you do that and this is typically after they've transitioned why you know why did you become aggressive because you weren't or did something happen or you know your family's devastated by by what happened you know can you explain it and they will say yeah I was done with what I came on this earth to do, and they weren't going to let me go, so I just made it so that they had to. Mm, how about that? that? That floored me the first time. I was like, what? You orchestrated that? Yes, because I was done, and it was time to move on. And so this is, that's the way I chose to do it. Sometimes they'll get sick and have to transition. But yes, I've had I've had dogs particularly will will do that. They'll just out of the blue kind of become aggressive and you just really have no choice but to let them go and that's that's how they choose to make their transition. How about like that? I say they're they're very good at getting what they want. They're very clear. Sometimes the way they go about it, um, we don't agree with and we don't like it, but you know what? We kind of have to honor their their decisions and their choices. So that that is one thing that I've run into with aggressive dogs, especially is they're just they're just ready to go. They're done, and they've learned what they need to learn. And and to them, that's it. Okay, done. Sometimes us humans need to be reminded that they are a soul too. They absolutely are. And, you know, and they give us signals, I think. Um, sometimes we just choose not to see them. Because, 
it's really hard. It's really hard, and I find the same thing with lost animals too. You know, sometimes they're not lost. Sometimes they they feel like they have completed their mission with their current family or situation, and so they go somewhere else. It's it's um, hard for us to understand sometimes, but they have their own thought processes. I always say it's kind of like. When I volunteered in an animal shelter and somebody, you know, would adopt a dog or a cat, I would say, you know, it's like if you woke up in the morning and you're in a foreign country and you don't understand the customs and you don't understand the language and you don't understand what anybody wants from you, but they expect you to know everything. And I said, that's kind of the same way with the animals, you know. They they live different lives, they have a different culture and a different language, and they understand us far better than we understand them. That is incredible. Well, I re- really appreciate you uh, coming onto the show with us today, Gina. Uh, this has been a fascinating discussion. This is the World Beyond Radio Show, and I'm your host, Joe Wegent. Our show is produced and carried by the X-Zone Broadcast Network and Relmar McConnell Media Company in Ontario, Canada. If you need more information, you can always go to www.xzbn.net. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, and we will talk again. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Mm-hmm.